0: Welcome to the Donna Parish Podcast. We're an Anglican Evangelical Church committed to glorifying God, preaching the gospel and making disciples. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we think tonight of your coming to live, dying on the cross, your descent to the dead and your resurrection, we pray that you would help us see the hope of your resurrection and the implications that it means to us as we live our lives here on earth. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining with us online. And thank you for being with us this evening. Uh, as I said, we're, we're following on in our uh, series on the Apostles' Creed. And uh, it's great that that creed has been accepted by the whole church as a summation of all the Bible teaches about God Father. Son, and Holy Spirit. If you somebody says to you, um, what do you believe by God? Well, the easiest way for you to tell the whole truth of it is, give them one of the creeds. Speak out the Apostles Creed. We believe it in the Church of Ireland, the Presbyterian, our Methodist, Baptist, Elam, friends. It's defi- a defining summary of the Christian faith. Tonight we're looking at the fact that he descended to the dead and on the third day rose again. So we're thinking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the most amazing thing in the entire gospel. And I have just two points to share with you this evening. First is this, because Jesus has been raised from the dead, he's power over death. And second one is, because Jesus has been raised from the dead, we too can look forward to our resurrection. Simple truths that I'm sure you've heard before, but nonetheless truths that we should remind ourselves of as we gather as a church. I'm sorry you don't have this on your screen, but on the screen in front of us, there's a picture of a tombstone uh, with on it Margie McCall, which has a strange epitaph on it, Live Once, Buried Twice. And I'm sure people living around Donna and, and Lurgan Direction know the story of Margie McCall. Does anybody know it? they get their hands up. Yeah, yeah, you know it. You know it. Anybody else doesn't know? Okay, let me share it with you. It's great that nobody knows it. Brilliant. Well, after succumbing to a fever, right about 1705, uh, an Irish woman called Marjorie McCall was hastily buried to prevent the spread of whatever had done her in. Marjorie was buried with a valuable ring on her finger, which her husband had been unable to remove because of the swelling. This made her an even bigger target for body snatchers, who would cash in both on the corpse but also on the ring. The evening after Margie was buried, before the soil had even settled, the grave dropers sewed up and started digging. And unable to pry the ring off her hand, they decided, don't muck about. Don't be going looking for a bit of grease or anything like that. Just cut the finger off and they'd disappear. Well, as soon as the blood was drawn, Marjorie awoke from her coma, sat straight up and screamed. The fate of the grave robber remains unknown. One story says that the men dropped dead on the spot while others claims are that they fled and were never never returned to their chosen profession. But Marjorie then climbed out of her grave and made her way back home. Her husband, John, a doctor was at home with the children, heard the knock at the door He told the children, if your mother were still alive, I'd swear that that was her knock. And when he opened the door to find his wife standing there, dressed in her burial clothes, blood dripping from her finger, but very much alive, he dropped dead to the floor. We're told that he was buried in the plot that Marjorie advocated, this very plot on your screen. Now I wonder what you make of that story. Someone who was dead and now is alive again. Seems a bit of a tall tale, doesn't it? We, 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 we kind of listen to that and kind of go, yeah, it, it, it's good to sell a few e-postcards. To get people to go down the Old graveyard and to go and see this and take photographs. Maybe somebody uh, has had a few two whiskeys. But yet to believe that the dead can be made alive again is the central truth of the Christian faith. I'm not going to go into the historical or medical reasons why we can believe that Jesus died and rose again. There are many. No, what I want to do is to focus on the two points I raised earlier. But the one thing I want us to see before we think of Jesus' resurrection is this, that Jesus actually died. We need to get that fact right in our head before we think about the resurrection. Because to believe in Jesus' resurrection, as George showed us last week, we must first believe that Jesus actually was alive, that he went to the cross, that he was buried as he died. For us to get the resurrection, we need to first grasp, grasp the, 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 the kind of seemingly irreversibility of death. It's hard for us to see that a person who was once alive, once breathing, is no longer there. It is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Yesterday, uh, or should I say Friday was uh, was my was mum's birthday. And, and, you know, it's hard to think when you think of all the things. It's hard as we move to Dungannon to think that she'll never see that. Nor my dad. It's heartbreaking. That she once breathing is now no longer and she won't come back. And it would seem stupid to think that we're, they're just going to appear before me one day. Now it's sometimes hard for us to believe that Jesus actually died, that his spirit left him, that he didn't just take off for a few days or nip around the back of the, 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 the tomb and have a wee sleep. But as it is today, so it was back then. When people died, nobody thought they were coming back again. And when Jesus died, His followers, all of them thought that he was going to remain dead. The disciples, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Roman centurion, Pontius Pilate, all knew that he was dead. Because when Jesus' body went missing, the story wasn't that he had got up and left, no, the story was his body had been stolen. Do you remember Mary going to the tomb? Even when she meets Jesus, when she sees the gardener, she says, Where have they taken the body? Jesus was dead. Everybody knew that. Now, imagine Marjorie's husband. Somebody who thought she was dead. And now she's back in front of them. What would you do if that were you? You go to someone's funeral and then two weeks later you see them on the street. They come up to you and they shake your hand. Well, I know what I would be. I'd probably be flat on my back. I'd probably need a, a new aortic valve or something. You'd be terrified, wouldn't you? And you'd be playing on, you'd be trying to come to term with terms with it in your head, you'd have to say the person was really dead and is now alive again. And that is the reality of the resurrection. I don't think we spend enough time even just pausing on that. A dead man made alive. And it's on that truth that the whole Christian faith depends. If Jesus stays dead. Christianity is dead, and what I've done for the last 20, 30 years is a waste of time. But if Jesus is alive, then there is hope for the entire world. Listen to what Jesus, or what Jesus, what Lisa said. Sorry, I'm not giving you a higher power there. Uh, What Lisa read out at the start of the passage that we read, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised been raised dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, where do we find we false witnesses about God? For we testify by God that he has been raised, he has raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him. If in fact the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of uh, we are of all people most to be pitied. See, without the resurrection, there is no savior. There is no salvation. There is no forgiveness of sins. There is no hope of a future resurrection. We are to be pitied that more than anybody else on this earth. If Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, he's just a nice man with a few nice ideas. If the resurrection is not true, we are fools putting our trust in a dead man to give us life. But Paul writes, if it is true, if it is true, it is the most important truth of them all. It is the most important truth of them all. Let me move to the next point. Uh, because Christ has been raised he his power over death, it was by the power of God that Jesus was raised from the dead. Ephesians 1 verses 19 and 20 say this. And his incomparably great power for us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. It was God the Father who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We'll be thinking of his heavenly session next week. Because Jesus has risen, now he is Lord over death. Luke records for us the words of the Apostle Peter in the sermon in Acts 2 verse 24. He says, but God raised him from the dead, freed him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Christ came through death. He was raised by the Father into an unending, imperishable life. Not like Lazarus, who lived and then died and then lived and then died as we read in Romans, Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. And what hope that brings, what joy that brings, because there is nothing that gives us greater fear than death. The thing that ends our earthly existence, robs us of our wealth, robs us of our loves, robs us of our achievements, Something that could come at any time. None of us know when it will come. Why wouldn't you be afraid of it? And yes, Christians hate death. And it's right because God has created us to do so. Because God created us for eternity. Death is not a natural thing. It is the most unnatural thing in the world. Because death is the curse we bear for the wages of sin. Because we've rejected God and his ways. they no, no, look, nowhere in the Bible is death seen as a good thing? As I said, it's not a natural end, it's an evil thing. And anyone who has watched a loved one die will know why death is so ugly and so abhorrent. It is hateful. But if that is true, why does Paul write in Philippians that death is gain? What does he say? For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. He says that because in that most horrible moment of death, on the cross and by his resurrection, Jesus killed death's power. Jesus conquered our greatest enemy when he rose from the dead and will ultimately destroy death forever. And so Paul can speak as if death no longer matters. And Jesus says, does he say in John eleven, "I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they died; ever lives." by believing in me, will never die. As Jesus promised to us in Christ, that death will be just a moment, will not experience its power, such is the power of Jesus' resurrection. It's not that death brings no pain or suffering. It's that through Christ's resurrection, this thing of death, its glory, it's been taken away. And what Jesus offers us now is eternal life, his life. You see, he is our great gain in death. See, when we have run our course and done all that God has set for us to do on earth, he will call us to be with him, to enjoy his rest. That's why death is gained for Christians. Because we gain Jesus forevermore. Jesus wants us to have him and his rest. And he's eager for us to know his resurrection power. And how do we do that? We pray. We ask the Father, we pray to the Father for the time that we will see Jesus in all his glory. We ask him to decrease the hold of fear that death has on our lives due to unbelief and fear in our hearts. We ask God to give us such a longing to be with Christ that we no longer want to live as long as we can here on earth. We no longer start to build our kingdom here on earth, but invest our treasures in heaven. We ask God to release us from the fear of death. We ask God to give us such a longing to be with Christ that we no longer want what the earth offers us. Think about the disciples themselves and how they went to their death. They didn't change from fearful followers to men who risked their lives to the gospel for nothing. Though they preached that Jesus had risen. See, let us, like them, grasp that Jesus' victory over death is so real that we can believe that death doesn't matter. Sadly, death is never far from us. You hear about it in every news bullet, in every page of the paper, every click on a news site. But because of the resurrection, because we know that Jesus has power over death, it's no longer a threat. It's no longer a threat. We know it will come. And honestly, we can say, yes, it will bring tears and weeping. But because of the empty tomb, we can say that with Paul, where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And then the second point. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have hope. See, we have hope for our resurrection. When Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a physical body, yes, it could be touched and held. He could eat, but it was a transformed body, a body that bore the scars of pain. You could see the holes in his hands and feet, and yet he felt the pain the more. And here in our passage, Paul says in verse 20, but Christ is indeed being raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, Jesus' resurrection is one of many more yet to come. It's the first fruits. Jesus' resurrection is the pattern for our resurrection. And in that day, when we will be raised with Christ, we will live with Jesus forever in the new creation, free from the presence and power of evil, free from sickness and suffering and death. That day is coming. Well, we will no longer hear about COVID-19. But what about now? What does this mean for us now? How are we supposed to live until that day comes? Well, first of all, we've got to see through the resurrection that all the work of Jesus it has been accomplished. Not only life after death, but all the other promises, his authority over the entire universe, that he's the great high priest who intercedes for us, that he's sent his spirit to us that he is he is sitting at the father's right hand side interceding for us that we have his comforting presence and protection here on earth and finally that he's coming again his resurrection proves that the second coming is secured that day is coming and coming soon and because it is we need to get sharing about jesus resurrection with others we know that christ gives us the boldness to preach to teach to tell people about him just as he did to the apostles and just as he gives to his church today. We're to tell people about the hope of the resurrection. The God who is alive and coming back again soon. And so let us be like those women who first saw the empty tomb and followed the advice of the angel. Let me conclude by reading just two verses out of Mark 16. where the angel says to the woman, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified he has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. They go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. They saw the resurrection. What does the angel say to them? He says, go tell. Go tell the others of the risen Christ. Go tell people about the hope we can have in Jesus. Go tell about Jesus' power over death. That's the one application this evening. Well, there's two applications, actually, if the truth be told. If you're not a Christian, why not? Why not? Here is hope in the face of death. Here is power over death. Here is life forevermore. And if you are a Christian... Don't tell. Don't keep this good news to yourself. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise you because in your power you raised your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, from the dead. We praise you that death could not hold him. We ask that we might see all that the resurrection means in our lives and that we might hold fast and share these truths with others. Father, remove our fear of death and fix our minds on the reality of Christ's resurrection. Give us boldness and your presence as we seek to tell others of this good hope. Lord, it's in the risen Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us today. We pray that This service has been an encouragement to you, a challenge and a help to build you up in your faith in Christ. We've now ended our church service and we'd be delighted if you can join with us again. Thank you for being with us in Donna Parish. God bless you.